Bless the Lord. Well, this is the seventh message from the book of Colossians. And week by week, as Luke said, we've been going through it systematically from chapter one. And uh, it's been left to me. I've been given the responsibility of ending this series on the book of Colossians. We've received some excellent teaching, haven't we? From the word of God. And uh, God wants us not just to be hearers of that word. He wants us to apply it and become doers. So this morning I've been given the last verses in this current chapter. The only ones that have been missed out are the, uh, the exhortations at the end of the letter that Paul wrote to the Colossian Christians. So if you'd like to turn, or it'll be on the screen, we're going to read from Colossians chapter 3 and verse 18. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 18. Wives, submit to your own husbands, as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives, and do not be bitter towards them. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. Bondservants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleases, but in sincerity of heart, fearing God. And whatever you do, do it in heartedly as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ, but he who does wrong will be repaired for what he has done, and there is no partiality. Masters, give your bondservants what is just and fair, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. Continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Meanwhile, praying also for us, that God would open to us a door for the word to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am also in chains, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak, walk in wisdom towards those who are outside, redeeming the time. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Well, when I was given this, these scriptures and a title with the scriptures, the title that I was given was The Secret of a Happy Life. I must admit that when I was reading these scriptures, I was finding it difficult what I could say about the secret of a happy life from the scriptures that had been given. And so I read and reread these verses of scripture time and time again, really asking the Lord to give me some insight what I could say about having a happy life or the secret of a happy life apart from 
You could be happy at home. You could happy, be happy with your spouse if you took, took heed to what God's word said. You could have, your children could be happy and children could be happy if they obeyed their parents. And in your work life, you could be very happy if you did what the word of God said. But I, I, was, I was thinking, is this what, really what the Lord wants me to say? And then I came to verse 6 after I'd read it umpteen times. Chapter 4, verse 6 again. And... Uh, I felt the Lord speak to me and dropped a word into my heart that I want to hang this message on this morning. And verse 6 says this, Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. Here Paul's talking to the Colossian believers about the words that they speak. And you know, folks, the words that you speak are powerful. The Bible says death and life are in the power of the tongue. We can speak life or we can speak death. And Paul, he is talking about how the, the, the Colossian Christians ought to speak. Jesus said this about our speech. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart, brings forth good things. An evil man, out of the evil treasure of his heart, brings forth evil things. For out of the abundance of the heart, what speaks? Out of what's in your heart, your mouth speaks. So our words are connected to our hearts. And it was then I felt the Lord say to me as I was pondering on this verse, the secret of a happy life is determined by the condition of our hearts. The secret of a happy life is determined by the condition of our hearts before God. Jesus spoke about living a happy life. When he declared those words, I have come that you might have life and that you might have it in all of its abundance. In other words, life in all of its fullness. Life with a capital L. I have come that you might have life. The psalmist also spoke about living a happy life. Listen to what the psalmist said. Psalm 34 verse 12. Who is the man who desires life? The Good News Version says, Would you like to enjoy life? Do you want to live a long and a happy life, a life filled with happiness? And the psalmist goes on to say, Who is the man who desires life? And loves many days that he may see good. He says how you'll do it. Keep your tongue from evil. Your lips from speaking deceit. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Notice, friends, 
It's all again about the words that we speak. 1 Peter 3 verse 10, he quotes Psalm 34 again in Peter's letter. Would you like to enjoy life? Of course, the answer to that is what? We all want happy, happy life, don't we? We all want to en enjoy life. This abundant life, this life with all of its fullness, this, this life with a capital L, we all want that type of life. The question is, how can we have a happy life? The title of the message that was given to me was The Secret of a Happy Life. Can I tell you, friends, to live a happy life is not a secret. Because the Word of God makes it abundantly clear how we can have a happy life. And that's what I want us to look at this morning. God's Word gives us the answer how we can have this life that God promised us we could have. And it's God's will for every one of us to have this type of life. Life in all of its fullness. And the secret of the happy life is determined by your heart condition and my heart condition. To live a life that is full, fulfilled, uh, uh, this abundant life is a matter of the heart. Your heart and my heart. The Bible reveals that the heart is the seat of our emotions, our will, our desire. It's the real you, it's the real me. The heart reveals who we are. There was a time when, according to the Bible, our hearts were as hard as stone. There was a time, according to the Bible, that our hearts were, were away from God. We were away from God. We were lost. We were without hope. We were without God. But God promised that he would give us a new, new heart. And he would put his spirit within us. A new heart I will give you, and I will put my spirit within you. I will take out of you the stony heart, and I will give you a new heart. And thank God there was a day when that happened to us, when we were born again. Hallelujah. The greatest miracle that could ever happen happened to us. All things passed away and everything became brand new. We were born again of the Spirit of God and God put within us a new heart. And I want to say this morning, if you were in this place this morning or if you're watching online and this hasn't happened to you, let me tell you it can happen. God can change your life. God can change your heart. And he can give you a heart that is after him. He can give you a heart filled with desires for God. So when we were born again, we received this new heart. And with this new heart, 
we can now please God. We can enjoy this abundant life that Jesus spoke about. The condition of our hearts determines the life that we live. Jesus, the Bible says, he was anointed with gladness above his fellows. Friends, don't think Jesus was miserable. People wouldn't have been wanted to be with him if he was. He was, he was great to be with. People were attracted to him. Nobody's attracted to a sourpuss. But they were attracted to Jesus. He was anointed with the oil of gladness above his fellows. You see, our hearts are very important. Jesus said this, Matthew 15, Do you not yet understand that whatever enters the mouth, it goes into the stomach and it's eliminated? But those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart and they defile a man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. Jesus said it's what comes out of your heart that defiles the person. The Bible speaks of many conditions of the heart. Some positive, some negative. For instance, God's word speaks of having a pure heart, having a cheerful heart, having a thankful heart, having a, an obedient heart, having a heart at peace, having a clean heart. All of these things will produce, if they're in our hearts, a positive effect upon our lives and how we live. A good man, Jesus said, out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. And so if we've got some good treasure in here, it will come out. It will produce something in our lives. But it also, the Bible also speaks about other things that can be in our hearts that will produce a negative effect upon our lives. Because as well as Speaking, and I've just listed a few, many of the positive attributes of, of, a, of a heart that is good and right before God. It also speaks of having an anxious heart, a doubting heart, an unbelieving heart, a broken heart, the brokenhearted. It speaks of having a condemning heart. Because your heart is really your conscience. A troubled heart. A hardened heart. An evil heart. A deceitful heart. And so we could go on. And all these things will bring a negative effect upon our lives. So what's in here will affect the way that we live. Will affect the type of life that we live. Will affect... That life, whether it be a life that is full and abundant, 
or a life that is mediocre and a life where we cannot say we are enjoying life. It all stems from the heart. And you know, friends, God looks at your heart. He looks at mine. The heart is where God looks. The real you and the real me. Remember David, when, when Samuel went to anoint a king from Jesse's sons? And Jesse paraded his sons before, de, before the prophet. And the Lord said time and time again after the seven sons had passed before, this is not the one. And then David came in from the fields. And the Spirit of God said to Samuel, this is the one. And he anointed him. We hear these words in that scripture. The Lord does not look at the outward appearance as man looks. But the Lord looks at the heart. And I want to tell you, friends, God sees your heart. He sees mine. He knows the condition of our hearts. Proverbs 17 verse 22 says, A cheerful heart is good medicine. You want some good medicine? Well, if your heart's cheerful, the Bible says that's good medicine. Better than going to doctors. Getting a bottle of methadone or some... some not, 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 it's not methadone, is it? What's that tonic? Metatone, that's it. Metatone. <laughs> Jesus said, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Do you know the Bible tells us that we've got enemies, we've got three of them, three major enemies that we, we all, all face as Christians. John, in his letter, outlines them. He said, it's the world... Do not love the world, neither the things that are in the world. I want to tell you the world, the pull of the world is very strong. We've got the world, the flesh. The flesh. Boy, I wish I could get rid of this old man, do you? But <laughs> well, he's going to be with us until the time that I go into eternity. And he's going to be with you too. The Bible says the flesh profits nothing. If you live in the flesh, you can't please God. And oh boy, the flesh has got a strong pull upon our lives. So that's an enemy. And then it says we've got the devil. The world, the flesh, and the devil are our main enemies as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. And friends, as believers in God... Our hearts can become tainted. Our hearts can become defiled. Our hearts can become affected by these three enemies, the world, the flesh, and the devil. David was aware that there was sin in his life. He was a man who was after God's own heart. 
He was a man who God chose. And yet he was aware that there were, he'd done something in his life that had, had brought sin into his life. And he, he cried out that his bones became aching within him because of what he'd done. He, couldn't, he found it difficult to live with himself. Cried out with those words, create in me a clean heart, O God. Put a right spirit within me. David was aware that his flesh, this enemy, had taken over and infiltrated his heart that was once pure before God and brought defilement into his life. You know, friends, our hearts are the gateway to our souls. The real you and the real me. What we look at now is an outward appearance of people. But God sees the real us. What we really are before God. That's why the Bible exhorts us to set a guard upon our hearts. In other words, put a watch on your heart. Put a watch, put a filter on what you allow to come into your life, into your heart. Luke, last week you were talking about putting things on and taking things off. Putting off the old man, putting on the new man. It's the same with our hearts. We've got to put a guard so that we become careful what we allow into our hearts and what we say that's not going to enter. Proverbs 4 verse 23 says, Above all else, this great writer to the Proverbs, this man of great wisdom, inspired by God to write these, he said, above everything else that I've said about wisdom and everything, all the instruction that I've given, above all else, guard your heart for everything in your life flows from it. Put a guard upon your heart. Proverbs 27 verse 19 says, As water reflects the face, so one's life reflects the heart. What your heart is, you are. And I am. So the Bible talks about our hearts being so important that we've got to guard against them. And friends, there are three Three entrances into our hearts. Three main entrances that we've got to guard. Because what enters into our hearts comes through these three gateways. And to cheer you all up, we've all got them. There are our eyes, our ears, and our mind. And that's what we've got to guard. Our eyes, our ears, and our minds. And the Bible's got a lot to say about all three. What you see, what you hear, and what you think. 
Jesus said this about the eye, what you see. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? The eye is the lamp of the body. Psalm 101 verse 3, I will set no wicked thing before my eyes. In other words, we are not to be conditioned. David said he would not intentionally look or watch at anything that was vile or evil or offensive to God. I will set no wicked thing before my eyes. Brothers and sisters, can I say we are responsible for what we read, for what we listen to, and for what we watch. The books that we read, the programs and the movies that we watch, all are our choices that we have of the entertainment that we indulge in, they really reflect who we are. Reflectors of who we are. Jesus said, we are in the world, but we are not of it. And because we're in the world, there's every chance that something bad or ungodly has every likelihood of crossing our pathway. But we have a choice. We can allow it to enter into our hearts, or we can flee from it. Jesus said, if your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out, throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of your members than your whole body be thrown into hell. What was he talking about? He was talking about being ruthless. Ruthless with things that could cause us to sin. Went even in, my, in the Sermon on the Mount, he said, but I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. David saw Bathsheba, a beautiful young woman, and he was on his palace rooftop and he looked down and there she was bathing. The problem was he kept looking. And because he kept looking, friends, he committed one of the biggest, one of the biggest mistakes of his life. He even had a husband killed so that he could cover his sin up. It happened through his eye gate, what he saw. We've got to be very careful, friends. It's interesting, isn't it, that David said, I will set no wicked thing before my eyes. 
It's interesting he said that after this business with Bathsheba. Maybe he'd learned the danger of putting wicked things before his eyes. I will set no wicked thing before my eyes. So what you look at, what you see, what you watch is very important. Because what you see, what you look at, and what you watch enters your heart. The eye is the lamp of the body. It's also the Bible talks about what we listen to is very important. Proverbs 4, 20 to 21 says, My son, be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart. We know, friends, that the, we, we, we are to listen to God. Amen? We are his sheep. His sheep hear his voice. We are to hide the word of God in our hearts. Listening to what God says so that we do not sin against him. So our ears have got to be open to the Lord. But they've also got to be close to other things. Jesus talked about having ears to hear, they hear not. It's good to hear what God has to say and open our hearts and minds to what the Lord says because his word is medicine to us. His word is health to our bones. We've got to hide it in our hearts, but there are other things that we've got to close our ears to, such as slander and gossip, and evil speaking, and maliciousness. False teachers, we've heard about that in Colossians, haven't we? Close our ears to things that are not wholesome, and things that are not good. And as I was thinking about this, friends, what we, you know, what we, to close our ears to, I'm thinking, God, your word says you know everything before I even speak it. We've got to close our ears, friends, even when it comes into our minds. It's just, you know, God knows the words before we even speak them. And so we've got to close our minds to the things that come into our you know, that would set a brother against a brother or a sister or against, you know, cause unrest in the body of Christ. Cause unrest with people that we meet outside. Got to close our ears to it. So our ears have got to be open to the Lord but closed to things that are un unwholesome. What we see and what we hear affects our hearts and affects our life. That's why the Bible says, set a guard upon your hearts. Don't allow anything in that would defile. Our speech reveals what's in our hearts. Out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. Where do divisions come? 
Paul writes, where do troubles come from? They come from your heart. They come from what's in here. Jesus said, you can judge a person's character by what he says and what he does. Like you can judge a tree by its fruit. See what kind of tree it is. So you can judge a person's character by what he says, by what he does. So here in Colossians 4 verse 6, that verse that jumped out at me, let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt. So the gateway to our hearts are through our eyes, what we look at, what we see, through our ears, what we hear, but also through our minds. And I think this, is the, this has got to be the big one. One of the most amazing things that, or gifts that God has given to us is our minds. The ability for us to learn, to think, to choose, to reason. And our thoughts become a reflector of who we really are. As a man thinks in his heart. So he becomes. So the heart has the ability to think. As a man thinks in his heart, so he becomes. And the Bible is full of instruction of what we are to think about. Because the mind's the battleground. You know that, don't you? My biggest battle's up here. It's in my mind. So the Bible gives us instructions. Luke, you mentioned it last week when you were sharing. Set your affections from the book of Colossians on things that are above. Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And so the Bible gives us, it's full of instructions of what we are to think about. Paul writes, whatever things are good and just, and lovely, and of good report, if there is any virtue, if there is any praise, think on these things. The Bible tells us that we are to have the mind of Christ. Let this mind be in you. That was also in Christ Jesus. A mind like he had. The Bible encourages to have the mind of Christ. And in this mind of ours, the, the, the battle rages. And it's there, friends, where the fiery darts come from. Paul talks in Ephesians about the warfare that we're engaged in and the armor that we are to put on as believers. And he says, put on the whole armor of God. And he goes on through that armor of God and he talks about, and take the shield of faith wherewith you will be able to stand up, withstand all the fiery darts of the evil one. And you know what those fiery darts come as? They come as thoughts from the enemies that we face in life as believers, from the world, 
the flesh and the devil. And the devil takes the world and the flesh and he uses them against us and throws those fiery darts into our minds. The Bible tells us that we are to take the shield of faith to quench them. In other words, to snuff them, to put them out before their land. Obviously, the Roman armor, can you remember the, the Romans? They would take the, the shields that, that they would have, and the shields that in any, uh, were, were, the, the, they would fire arrows, fiery arrows, and the shield would go up, and the arrow would go into the shield and burn into the shield. Quench all the fiery darts. Put them out. In other words, all the suggestions that the enemy would make into our minds, we've got to put them out. Paul says, bring every thought into captivity to make it obedient to Christ. That's why God wants us to fill our minds with the word of God. That's why the Bible encourages us to meditate upon God's Word. To have the Word of God dwelling in us richly. To hide the Word of God in our hearts. In other words, this guard that we are to put upon our minds, it's got to come through the filter of the Word of God. If there is any virtue, if there is any praise, think on those things. Think on the things that are good and lovely and of just report. Put what comes into our mind through the filter of the Word of God. Do not be conformed, the Bible says, to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Our minds are renewed through the Word of God. So as our minds are renewed, we begin to think what God thinks. We begin to speak what God speaks. We begin to act like God would have us to act because our minds are being renewed daily by the Word of God. And as we do, as we have our minds renewed, there's a wonderful thing called peace that God gives to us. The Bible says it is the peace of God that passes all of our understanding. That overriding over every one of our lives, there is the wonderful peace of God. As a man thinks in his heart, so he becomes. You know, all sin begins with a thought. And we can name some sins. Big sin, sins, as we would call them. But you know, the Bible says that if, you know, that all sin is sin. There's no big sins or no little sins. Let me tell you what's a sin. Cares. Worries. Anxieties. Stress. Sins of the flesh. Big sins, yeah. And all these things, they begin with a thought. 
And the Bible says that we are taken captive by them. When things come into our minds, we've got to ask the question, does this line up with the Word of God? Am I putting the filter of the Word of God on this? If it doesn't come up with the Word of God, then we've got to reject it. Because when we, don't, when we allow it to come, and when we allow those fiery darts to get embedded in us, they will affect how we live. They will affect our lives. And instead of having a heart that is healthy before God, our hearts will become troubled. Jesus said, didn't he? Do not let your heart be what? Troubled. Can I say, friends, there are many people who've got troubled hearts. And I'm not just talking about the unbeliever. I'm talking about the Christian as well. God's word says, do not be anxious about anything. Don't worry. Say worry is not a sin. Jesus said, do not worry. Do not worry. So if he said that, and I disobey that, then I'm failing, aren't I? I'm missing the mark. You know, worry doesn't change one thing. You can't make one hair white or one hair black by worrying about it. One man said there's only one thing worse than going bald. He said going bald and worrying about it. <laughs> I've stopped worrying long ago. And Carol's stroking Rob's head. I guess he has as well. <laughs> you know, friends, when we get anxious... And when worry and anxiety gets hold of our lives, our hearts become troubled. And you know what happens? We lose the peace of God. A troubled heart is a heart that has lost the peace of God. And it's God's will for every one of us to know his peace. The peace of God that passes all of our understanding. Let it guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. As a young believer, I quickly learned how I could lose God's peace. You might have heard it said time and time again, of a Christian, I've got no peace, I've lost the peace of God. As a new believer, I quickly learned how I could lose the peace of God. This peace that passes understanding. This peace that Jesus said, my peace I give to you. A gift from God. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, give I unto you. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Nor the peace of God. We have peace with God when we get saved. But many Christians live without knowing the peace of God. And God wants us to know his peace. And when I failed as a new believer, boy, I knew about it. And I want to say, I still know about it. So do you. 
You know when you fail God, don't you? You know when you've let God down, when you've said something or acted in a way that you know is not right. You know when you've let God down. There are people who say, well, God doesn't condemn us now that we're Christians. And they quote from Romans chapter 12. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Thank God for that. But it doesn't end there. It goes on to say, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. I want to tell you, friends, when I feel condemned is when I'm walking in the flesh. And this enemy has got, took hold of my life and caused me to do things that I didn't want to do. Like Paul said, the good that I want to do, I don't do it. But the evil that I want to do is present with me. Find myself doing it. Who will deliver me from the body of this death? Thank God Jesus can. Peace doesn't, God's peace, it doesn't, doesn't cause us not to face the storms of life. Luke started the meeting like that this morning. About the storms of life that come. Friends, trouble comes to us all. And storms come. But in the midst of all the trouble and the storms that come, thank God we can know peace in what we're going through. The peace of God. And Janet, when you were going through the storm you went through, you knew the peace of God even though you were going through it. And storms don't, you know, we can know God's peace. Wrong thinking robs many believers out of their inheritance in God. Wrong thinking. And this abundant life that Jesus spoke about, this happy life, this life in all of its fullness, it doesn't become our portion. The secret of a happy life. And our hearts become troubled. What, what happens when we don't bring every thought into captivity? Paul says, bring every thought into captivity. Watch out what's going on here. Friends, when we don't bring our thoughts into captivity and we allow it to run riot in our minds, what started as a thought becomes a stronghold. I've got a couple of, I'm going to say stooges. <laughs> Chris and Dave, just if you could come up. I've, I've asked them if they'll demonstrate something to us. Come on, Chris. <laughs> okay. So, this is a thought. He's going to put a thought into this man's mind. So, he puts the thought... <laughs> he puts the thought into... Chris's mind, okay? And the thought comes, it, it comes. Can't do anything about it, it comes. What we do about it when it comes is, de is determined upon us. So the thought comes, and what does Chris do when the thought comes? He says, I don't want that, and he throws it off. 
becomes easy to throw off. Because the thought comes, it goes through the filter of our minds and the word of God, it's not good and wholesome, and Chris throws it off. But then a thought will come again. Maybe it's a different thought. And this time, Chris doesn't throw it off. But he begins to think about it. He knows it's not right, but he begins to think about it. And he thinks about it, and he keeps thinking about it, and the thought then begins to take hold of his life in a greater way. They look all right, the pair of them, don't they? <laughs> the thought takes all of his life in a, a greater way. And he finds it a little bit more difficult to throw it off than he did at the first place. And then the thought becomes stronger and stronger <laughs> and stronger until that thought becomes a what? stronghold and when what is a stronghold it's a stronghold that you can't break away from you can't just throw it off thank you give them a clap what started as a thought if it's not dealt with becomes a stronghold and that stronghold you begin to act upon it and friends, you find it very difficult to throw it off. As a man thinks in his heart, so he becomes. And as I was preparing the word of God to share with you this morning, it's, I, I just felt the Lord saying, there are many Christians who've got strongholds in their lives. And they've been there for a long time. Things that cause you to have a troubled heart. Things that cause you not to have this life that Jesus said that you would have. A life of abundance. The wrong mindset. You've somehow got into a wrong mindset about, about things. And the Bible says we have got to pull down strongholds. There are many believers today, friends, who are living with fear. Fear. And God has not given to you a spirit of fear. Living with anxiety. Because somehow anxiety and stress has got hold of your life. And it's caused you to come into a place where you can't break free from it and you live your life like that. Worry. Habits that you can't break. I've got a stronghold in your life. Things that you say, I'll never do it again. You find yourself doing it again because the stronghold is there. If you have a troubled heart this morning, can I say there's a reason for it? And that reason, you've allowed things in there that you ought not to have allowed. Wrong thinking has caused 
you to have a troubled heart. And as I was thinking about this, I thought, my life anyhow, I find sometimes there's a mixture of both in me. There's a mixture of this heart that wants to please God and this heart that wants to do what God says. But I also see this mix in my life of these enemies, the world and the flesh that the devil uses to bring me into a place where I, I'm in bondage. I'm not living what God wants me, the life that God wants me to live. So this morning, the secret of a happy life. Let me ask you, are you living a happy life? A life that Jesus promised you would have. David was a man after God's own heart, and yet he failed the Lord. And he said, create in me a clean heart, O Lord. Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. God's will. Live an abundant life. Yes, in your homes, with your wives and your husbands, with your children. Children, do what God has asked you to do. In the workplace and amongst those that we meet. Friends, what drew me to Christ? a group of people who I didn't really know but I watched their lives and I knew that they had something that I didn't have you've got something that people out there don't have the Bible says that our lives are like an open book before them people say about you I want what they've got they watch how you approach the storms of life they watch how you deal with things that come they say I don't know what it is that they've got but I want what they've got and what you've got is the peace of God that passes all understanding and when that heart gets troubled and the peace goes there's reasons for it. No wonder David said, examine me, Lord. Try me. Examine my heart and my mind. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. See if there be some wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. The Amplified Bible says, search me thoroughly, O God and know my heart test me and know my anxious thoughts look deep into my heart God and find out everything that I am thinking is your thoughts lining up with the word of God the Bible says let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart 
be acceptable in your sight, O God? Are you putting a guard upon what you watch, what you hear, and what comes into this mind? Or has those things been allowed in, the gateway has been opened and they've come in and they've brought disturbance to a heart that was at once peace with God. Now you've got a troubled heart. I thank God, friends. Jesus said, come unto me. All you are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He wants to heal the brokenhearted. He wants to heal the heart that is not in tune with him. May the Holy Spirit just wash over us this morning as we come to the end of this meeting. And may he do, may we do what David asked us to do. Just where you sit this morning, ask God to search your heart for the secret to a happy life is right inside your heart. Let's pray before the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God, the secret to living a happy life is no longer a secret. Your word has revealed how we can all live this abundant life. And Lord, every one of us here this morning somehow, Lord, have missed out on the life that we could have lived because of things that have been allowed to come in and touch our lives. But here we are this morning before you. And we're asking you like David asked you to renew in me a clean heart and put a right spirit within me, O oh God. That heart that was brand new when we were born again God, we want that heart back again. A heart that was untouched and undefiled. And yet because of these enemies, these th enemies of the world, the flesh and the devil, we're not where we should be, Lord. But there's a desire and a longing in our hearts to be at that place where we can know the fullness of this abundant life that you Lord said we could all have. So thank you, Holy Spirit. Let your word dwell in our hearts richly. Friends, if God has spoken to you this morning about any area of your life where you've allowed something into your heart that has brought trouble, whatever it is, and it can be different for all of us. Whatever it is, identify it. Say, by the grace of God, I'm going to renew my mind through the word of God. I'm going to take hold of this thing that has now become a stronghold. And I'm going to tear it down. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray that every stronghold in this place this morning will be pulled down, torn down 
I pray for everything that has brought your people into bondage. Lord, this morning, you will free us all. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Jesus, thank you. You've given us your name. And in that name we come and pray for every anxious thought, for every stressful situation, for every worry, O oh God, for everything that the cares of this life, the pleasures of this world, whatever it is, Lord, the lusts of the flesh and the desires that come into our flesh life. God, I pray in Jesus' name that every stronghold will be broken here this morning. Thank you, Father.